Hello, and welcome to the Evie Prince series podcast. My name is Victoria Wright, inspirational writer and author of the Evie Prince series, a trilogy of books that tells the story of a 40-something woman named Evie Prince who experiences a life-altering spiritual awakening. Evie's awakening causes her to question her life and seek answers. As a result, she finds herself in a place that she never thought she would be, single, unemployed, and completely unsure of what to do next. This will not be your usual podcast. In each episode, I will read a chapter, then highlight key reminders that were included to help you, as they have helped me, on your journey of discovery and remembering what you know to be true, but have chosen to forget. To learn more about me in the series, please visit www.healingwords.online. Welcome back to Red, Red, White, a novel of true love and light. Written and narrated by Victoria Wright. Copyright 2021 by Victoria Wright. Today's episode is Chapter 2, What is Love? Well, if I'm going to paint this masterpiece, (laughs) I laughed to myself, I need a canvas. Tatum had already sent the dimensions, lobby pictures, and color scheme. Trying to think this through, however, I realized that I had never painted something so large. So not only did I need to get the canvas, but I also needed to find a surface large enough to paint on. Not knowing where to look, I fell back on what I knew. Therefore, I called the art supply store in Denver to see if they could source and ship me the size of canvas that I needed. Mile High Art Supply? This is Shiloh. How can I help you? Shiloh, my name is Evie, I said in a friendly tone. You probably don't remember me, but you helped me several months ago purchase painting supplies? I asked you about getting over the fear of not selling your paintings, and you provided some brilliant advice. Oh, yeah, I remember you. How can I help? Well, I no longer live in Denver, but I am hoping you can help me source a large canvas, 72 by 36 inches. I've been commissioned to do a piece, but have never painted something so large. (laughs) Congratulations! I guess the concern about not selling your painting is a moot point now, she responded with a chuckle. We can definitely get you a canvas at size. Uh, Give me your email and where we need to send it, and I'll price it out for you. Thank you. I live on an island now, and this is not something that I can purchase easily. An island? Yes, Martha's Vineyard? Oh, nice. And no worries, I should have the information for you tomorrow. Perfect. After hanging up, I let out a tremendous sigh of relief. (sighs) One step closer, I thought to myself. Outside was warm and inviting as I walked down the stairs and sat on the bottom step to think about how I was going to pull this off. 
My paintings resulted from my emotions. I had no connection to this hotel, no feelings toward the man who would purchase the painting, and was completely unsure of what he expected of me. Looking down, I noticed an ant carrying a small piece of food. Hey, where are you going, Mr. Ant? I asked out loud. The ant's tenacity to bring the food back to his ant hill made me wonder, what would happen if I put a stone in your way? Would you climb over it or go around? Or would you try to push the stone out of your way? You are strong for such a little guy. The ant made me reflect on my own life. I was the type to push obstacles out of my way, believing going around it was weak. But sitting here now, I realized that my beliefs had changed. This ant was not weak if it went around. It was just another path, another point of view, a different way of doing things. To complete this painting, I knew I needed to see and do things differently. Immediately, I visualized myself as a skunk, tail up high, confident, and aware of my capabilities. I'm no stinking rabbit, I said in my best gangster voice. There are no more what-ifs. I could do this. The dirt road got the best of me today. I misjudged and hit a hole, nearly knocking my muffler off the car. Shit! I knew this would happen, I yelled. When I got out of the car, the muffler was hanging by a thread. I left the car and walked back to the house. Rummaging through the junk drawer, I found some wire. Unsure of exactly how I was going to do this, I secured the muffler until it could get fixed. That was it. I needed to get this road fixed. In the garden shed was a shovel. With great determination, I stomped back down the road and identified the culprit hole. The packed dirt made it difficult to break up. Every time I lifted the shovel, I kept thinking, I will not be one of those women who need to hire a man to do things for her. I am not weak. My agitation grew with each shovel full of dirt. Two holes, that was it. And I was already exhausted. A late afternoon swim was what I needed to give myself a break. The tide was almost out, and there was a beautiful sandbar glowing in the water. I waded out farther and farther until I reached the soft, yellow sandbar. It was about 30 feet from the shore, but the water was only <laughs> ankle deep. The waves were small and crested in multiple directions, creating a swirling dance. I plopped down in the middle and let the waves dance around me. The water put me into a melodic trance. Time passed unnoticed. The tide had risen and it startled me to realize what was originally ankle-deep water had risen to knee-deep. Looking back to shore, I saw I was the only one left on the beach, and no longer could I wade back. I had to swim. Swimming was not my friend, even though I'd taken lessons as a kid, <laughs> and then again as an adult. It was the breathing part face in and out of the water. That always wigged me out. Floating on my back and doing the backstroke was okay, but 
Putting my face in the water and doing the crawl for a long distance flat out scared me. I walked to the end of the sandbar and looked back at shore. This would be the longest distance I had ever swum. It was getting dark, too, so I needed to get back quickly. The sandbar dropped off, and I did a makeshift breaststroke, keeping my face above water. <laughs> I was getting nowhere fast, so I switched to the crawl. My swimming instructor's voice filled my head. Cup your hands and use long, powerful strokes. Better, but I was getting tired. Panic set in. I started flailing around. I knew I needed to relax, but I, I, I couldn't. Not only was I scared of drowning, but the dark water freaked me out even more. Anything that touched my legs made me frantic. Evie, breathe. Calm down. You can do this. I repeated in my head. It didn't work. My head went under. I kicked frantically and somehow bobbed back to the surface, but I couldn't stay there long. I, I didn't know what to do. I was screaming in my head, swim, swim, but my arms and legs were too tired from trying to fix the holes in the road. They gave out, and my body slipped under again. I struggled to come back up. Then I heard, clear as day just as if someone was whispering in my ear. Float. Stop fighting and float. A surge of energy entered my body. I rose to the surface and laid my head back into a dead man's float. An absolute stillness came over me. My breathing slowed and I became calm. Then slowly, I kicked my legs and reached my arms back over my head, left, then right. Each stroke pulled the water like a rope, closer and closer to shore. I looked up into the dusky sky and said, Thank you. The rest of the swim was a blur. Finally, I stumbled out of the water and fell onto the sand completely exhausted, but somehow at peace. When I got home, I went directly to the outside shower and allowed the warm water to wash the evening away. The stars shone brightly, glittering in the dark night sky. I thought of the ant with the crumb and the wisdom that Colby had given me months ago. Life was not supposed to be hard. I needed to stop fighting. When I surrendered and listened to my heart, I could overcome my fear. The shower calmed me, and when I opened the stall door, I stepped into what seemed like a firefly celebration. <laughs> Little flashing lights on and off, dancing all around and filling me with hope. Magical. The next day, <laughs> I could barely get out of bed. My exhaustion lingered, and my arms and legs were as heavy as cement. 
Knowing that I couldn't fix the road by myself, I went over to Granddad's, seeing if he could recommend someone who I could hire to help me. So, what exactly do you need? Granddad asked. I'm looking for someone to help me fix the holes in my road. Oh, and I need a place to hang a 72 by 36 inch canvas. Hmm. Summertime is hard, kid. Everyone is working like crazy. Uh, you could probably ask Steve. I don't know if you remember him. He came to the house when I was being taken to the hospital. He's a volunteer firefighter in EMS, but he does carpentry work as his day job. You can find him most late afternoons over at the firehouse. Great. I'll stop by there tonight after I drop off my movies at the library. How life has changed. Libraries were always beautiful, ornate buildings that looked good in movies, but I never thought about going into one. Living on an island, libraries were the lifeblood of the community. Going to one felt like a social outing, similar to the dump. You could always find out what was going on in town. And the movie section was as good as any movie service. On the way back to the house, I heard my phone ringing and rushed inside, grabbing it just in time. Hello? Hi, Evie. Hi, who is this? Hey, it's Sue, your old next-door neighbor. Sue? How are you doing? So nice to hear from you, I replied, trying to remove the shock from my voice. Thanks for taking my call. I was hoping to chat with you about something that I'm thinking about doing. Do you have time? She asked shyly. Sure, what's going on? Before you left, do you remember me telling you I had always wanted to be a florist? Yes. After you moved, I took your words to heart, and I started thinking about what steps I could take to eventually become one. A few online floral design classes gave me the courage to engage with my favorite florist. Based on your advice, I offered to do some pro bono accounting work, and they jumped at the offer. I've been helping them for the past month. Sue, that is amazing news. How do you feel? I feel fantastic. It is definitely extra work, but it, it feels like I'm doing something for me, something that I enjoy. That is wonderful. So you mentioned you were thinking about doing... Well, they offered me a stake in their floral business. What? That is amazing. You would think so. But I don't know what to do. I mean, I would really like to do it, but it's an enormous investment. The pandemic has put a lot of pressure on small businesses and... She stammered. You're scared, I stated. Yes, I'm scared, she admitted. So, you're scared. It's okay to be scared. Let me ask you this. If you were to walk away tomorrow from this opportunity, would you be able to sleep at night? Would you miss being around flowers? Oh, I would 
definitely miss being around flowers. To be honest, I, I probably wouldn't be able to sleep. Seems to me you found your answer. But what if it fails? Then you take those lessons and move on. When I moved to the island to paint, I had just interviewed for my dream job. Then, I thought about the amount of work it would take to succeed and how I wouldn't have time to paint, and I realized I wouldn't be happy. Now that I've found happiness, I can't deny myself anymore. Who knows if I will be successful? But if I'm not, then there's always something else that I can do. Like I said to you before, I would rather take a chance on me than rely on my company to take care of me. Evie, I believe that I've found my happiness, Sue announced. Congratulations. Sometimes that can be the hardest part. Do you trust yourself? Yes. Well then, if you trust yourself and it feels right to you, then take the leap. Stop listening to your ego. It will limit you and tell you what cannot be done. Listen to your heart, and everything opens up, and somehow, what you desire, what brings you happiness, will be. I heard faint sobbing and then a long pause. Avi, thank you. I have been so unhappy, and I didn't know how to change. When I saw you turn your life around, and you were so confident, I was jealous but needed to know how you did it. I wish we'd spent more time together when you were here in Denver. I know I could have learned a lot from you. Sue, I was no different from you most of the time I was in Denver. This awakening and belief in myself are new. I learn every day. And please don't think this is easy for me. I fall back into old patterns easily. But what is different is that I can now recognize those patterns that do not serve me and can pivot and change my perspective and attitude. Once I do that, things open up and wonderful happens. So much to learn. No, so much to remember. You know how to do this. We all do. But we have been conditioned to forget. Remember, beliefs are just that. Something that you've been told and you believe. If you choose to believe something else, you have the freedom to do so. Choose to believe in you. Choose to believe in your own happiness. Doing that will raise your energy, and you will attract more of the same. Evie, I can't thank you enough for your help. May I call you again? Of course. And remember to listen to your heart. That is something that I have to remind myself of every day. I will try. Oh, I was so caught up with me that I forgot to ask. How is your painting going? A lot has happened since I moved back but I'm about to start a piece that someone has commissioned. What? That is fantastic, she screamed. I guess it can be done, and you are living proof. Yes, I guess I am. 
I replied with a chuckle. We said our goodbyes after that. The joy I felt from helping someone find their own happiness to erase the pain I felt in my arms and legs. No wonder Colby did healing work. It felt so good. It was getting late, and I realized I needed to get over to the library in the firehouse. I gingerly maneuvered my way down the road, as if the car was tiptoeing to avoid as many bumps and holes as it could. The muffler didn't fall off, but you could hear me coming a mile away. The library was busy as usual. Summer people sat outside on the steps and in their cars, tapping into the library's Wi-Fi. The library was an old, one-room schoolhouse with red-painted shingles and white trim. It had been a library since as far back as I could remember. But back in the day, it had been a school that served the children of the local indigenous tribe. I strolled in, said my hellos to the ladies at the desk, and returned my movies. I overheard a few people quietly discussing the topics of the upcoming selectmen's meeting. Politics were not my thing, so I made a beeline for the movie section to grab my week's worth of evening entertainment. On the way back to the desk, I noticed a flyer advertising a gallery showing next weekend. Hmm, maybe I should check that out, I said under my breath. Barbara, the librarian, noticed my selection of movies. Into sci-fi, huh? Thought I'd try something new. Don't you ever wonder what else is out there? I replied in a spooky voice. Nope, whatever's out there can stay there. I'm not interested in meeting some alien being. Unless he's cute, of course. It's hard to find a good man on this island, she said with a big grin. I smiled back. You'll see. Winters on the island are night and day to the summers, especially if you live up island. Not as much to do and not as many people. Some may like it, but personally, I find it a bit too quiet. Actually, I look forward to some downtime. Plus, it will give me more time to paint. Oh, you will have plenty of time to paint, Barbara commented as she checked out my movies. We said our goodbyes and I walked over to the firehouse. It was a two-story brick building just big enough to house one fire truck and another emergency vehicle. The building was well-kept, and it looked like a fresh coat of paint had just been put on the trim. I walked around, trying to figure out how to get in, when I heard, Can I help you? I couldn't see where the voice was coming from, so I simply stood there looking around. Hello, can I help you? I heard again. Up here. I took a step back and looked up. From the second-story window, I saw a man looking down at me. Hi, uh, I'm Evie Prince, and I'm looking for Steve. Well, you found him. What can I do for you? My granddad, Adequin Brown, suggested I speak with you about some work that I need done at my house. Adequin is your granddad? He replied with a puzzled look. Yes, it's a long story. Sorry, don't mean to get into your business. I didn't know Adequin still had family. And when I met you at his house, you didn't say he was your granddad. I thought you were living in your grandparents' house. I am. As I said, it's a long story. He changed the subject and asked, What kind of work do you need done? My road is a landmine of holes, and I was hoping to get someone to fill those in. 
Also, I need a wooden structure that can hold a large canvas for a painting I will start soon. Hey, you're an artist? Yes, I am, I stated. Oh, how far I've come, I thought to myself. Not too long ago, I would have been too shy to say that I was an artist. Now I could say it with pride. Cool. My cousin is also an artist. She's actually having a showing next weekend. Wow, congratulations to her. I didn't admit that I'd seen the flyer in the library. Well, I can't commit to anything until I see what I'm up against. How about I stop by tomorrow before work? Great. Thank you. My road is the one just before Granddad's, I said before turning and walking back toward the library and getting in my car. Instead of going straight home, I took the scenic route and drove by the beach. The waves were gigantic. My windows were down, so the sound of the crashing waves against the beach, then the dragging rocks back into the ocean, created a hypnotic song. I pulled off to the side of the road, turned off the car, and just listened for a while. Sometimes at night, if I really listened, I could hear the ocean music back at the house. The smell of the salt water and the crashing of the waves completely relaxed me. My mind wandered, and I thought about Hendrik, who I hadn't heard from since this morning, and I longed to hear his voice. We had agreed that we both needed to work on things before we could be together. I knew what I was working on, but he had never told me what he needed to work on. I always thought he had it all together. Educated, spiritual, loving, non-judgmental. What could he possibly need to work on? I woke to the sound of a truck coming up the road. Six o'clock. Bang, bang, bang! Hello, Evie Prince. It's Steve. <sighs> Just a second. I responded in a scratchy voice as I jumped out of bed and grabbed whatever was closest to me. Unfortunately, it was my paint-splattered smock. As I stumbled toward the door, I caught a glimpse of myself in the hall mirror. My hair! It was a rat's nest. No time to fix it. I pulled on a ball cap and answered the door. Steve let out a slight chuckle. <laughs> Good morning. Hope is not too early. No, no, I slept in, I grumbled, trying to make him think I was always up at this time. Then, slipping into a pair of rubber boots by the door, I walked him out to the road. I assumed you saw the state of the road. Can you help me fix the holes? How do you want them filled? We can scrape the road and level everything out, then fill, or we can bring in dirt or rocks. I haven't had my coffee yet, but it seems scraping the road would be pretty expensive. It can be. But if there's no underground water affecting things, it is the best solution. Can you quote me on both and give a timeline? Can do. You said you also needed a wooden structure? We started walking back up the road. Yes, I am doing a large painting, and I need something to hold my canvas. My walls are not large enough inside the house, so I need to create a workspace outside. Is this all your land? Yep. Why? 
why don't you just build a painting studio? It wouldn't have to be too large, but it seems to make more sense, particularly if it rains, he joked. I built my cousin a big one a few years back. You can see it if you go to her showing next weekend. Just a thought. Hmm. I've always wanted a dedicated space for my painting. I don't know if I can afford it just yet, though. Can you drive a nail? I can do anything if I put my mind to it, I boasted. We might be able to work out a deal. If you have time and are willing to work, I think we can do something. Really? I replied excitedly. Wow, I guess that woke you up. Give me a few days and I'll come back with some numbers. Steve, I would really appreciate that. Anything for Adequin's family. He looked at his watch. Oh, jeez, I gotta go. With that, he jumped into his truck, then rolled down the window. I'll be in touch in a few days. Thank you, I called out as he drove down the road. I ran back into the house and got dressed. It was still too early to call Hendrick, so I grabbed a couple of muffins, then headed over to Granddad's. Just as I was about to knock, I heard, Go on in. I come bearing presents. What you got? I got muffins if you have coffee. Done. We sat at the table and I shared my morning news. That's great. Steve is a good guy. Granddad acknowledged. He said something funny. What? He said anything for Adequin's family. What is that about? Oh, it's nothing. I gave him a little help when he first moved to the island. He probably feels like he owes me or something. Sounds to me like he's thinking of an old-fashioned barn raising. What is that? It's when you get a group of people together to build a barn. The more people helping, the faster it goes. Since this will be something small, I figured you, me, and Steve can handle it. If that's the case, I could probably get Reva to come down and help as well. We finished our breakfast, then Granddad walked me back to the house. We looked around the yard to find the best location for the studio, then Granddad walked about 35 feet from the house. Seems like this would give you the most room and the best sunlight. We would have to clear some more of the property, but that shouldn't be a problem. Was the land ever cleared? I probed. No, your grandparents liked the seclusion that I provided. Plus, your grandfather didn't like to mow the lawn. He choked. After Granddad left, it was finally late enough to call Hendrick. Good morning, I purred into the phone. Good morning, beautiful. I love waking up to your voice. How is your morning so far? I have a lot to tell you. I give him a recap. Busy, busy. You said you wanted a studio, and now you're getting one. Nice work. Well, I hope to. I still don't know how much... Evie, you've just created this opportunity. Don't throw negative energy at it. Believe it will happen, and it will. <sighs> yes, you're right. Old habits die hard. Hey, can I ask you something? Of course. What's up? Yesterday, when I was sitting at the beach listening to the sound of the ocean, I thought of you. 
Since we agreed to work on ourselves before we could be together, I never asked what you were focusing on. I'm glad you asked. Simply, it's self-worth. Am I worthy of having all this love and joy in my life? The wounds from my childhood run deep. With every beating, I was told I was worthless, that I would never amount to anything, that it would be better if I were dead. Years and years of focus, meditation, study, therapy, and listening to my heart have gotten me this far. But, admittedly, when something new and wonderful comes into my life, I fall into old thinking. You are that wonderful in my life. I need to believe, no, I need to know that I am deserving of your love. Without that, I cannot give all of me and accept all of you. My heart raced thinking of his love, thinking of our lives together. I hesitated, then asked, Is that something you will ever overcome? I don't know. Maybe one day. But I want to work through some more things before I totally commit to you. My silence was deafening. Evie, you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Are you okay? I don't know. I understand what you are saying, because I need to work on that as well. But you've been working on this for so much longer than me, and you're still not there. I fear we will never be together. We will, and it'll be sooner than you think. The fact that we are talking about this now means that we are closer than we were before. Love is a powerful thing, and it is the most powerful when it is felt inside. When you love yourself completely, no conditions and no limitations. When that happens, you can give love freely and be okay, even if it is not returned. When you love yourself, you do not look to someone else to give it to you to make you whole. You are already complete. I have learned to love myself more than I did when I was younger, but I still have some work to do. I guess we both do, I whispered. Don't be sad, beautiful. May I have a hug? Sure. I tried, but my energy just wasn't as high as usual, and I know Hendrik felt it. Have a great day, beautiful. I love you, Evie Prince. There was silence. No need to respond. I know you love me too. He teased with a cheeky tone in his voice. I... I'll talk to you later. Have a good day. After we hung up, I felt confusion and frustration. So Hendrik wanted to love himself so much that he didn't need my love to make him whole. And it didn't matter if I loved him back? Was that how love was supposed to work? To clear my head, I walked back outside to look at the studio location again, noting how much brush would need to be cleared. In the middle of the area was a huge rock, 
a beautiful gray and mossy rock. I climbed up and perched myself on top of it. As I tried to steady myself, I realized I had a soundtrack running in the back of my head. If I don't make him whole, what is to stop him from leaving me? How can I trust he loves me if he loves himself more? I shook my head to stop the noise, but it continued to get louder. Obviously, being outside wasn't helping me. I jumped off the rock, but my foot slipped, making me fall face first onto the ground. Ouch! Damn, that hurt! I rolled over and noticed dark red blood trickling down my leg. Nothing seemed to be broken, but the gash was pretty ugly. I limped back to the house to clean and bandage my wound. The day didn't get better. I burned my lunch and ripped my favorite pair of shorts. Ugh, what is going on? I yelled. Negative attracts negative, I heard in my head. Ego doesn't play fair. I'm not negative, I fumed. I'm mad. Why are you mad? Because I love Hendrik, but he doesn't want to need my love. Are you sure you love Hendrik, or do you love the way he makes you feel about yourself? What is that supposed to mean? When you can answer that question, you will know. I slammed my hand down on the table. Whoa, what is going on in here, kid? I looked up to see Granddad looking at me through the screen door. My face was bright red and my jaw hurt from clenching my teeth. Do you want me to go? After a few deep breaths, I asked him to come in. I came over to see if he wanted to get some ice cream at the cliffs. I collapsed into the kitchen chair and slumped over, putting my head in my hands. I don't know what I want. Can I help? I don't know. I don't seem to know anything. Kid, what happened? You were so happy this morning. I lifted my head to see pure concern on Granddad's face. I'm okay. I just don't understand. Understand what? Hendrick said something to me today that just got me so upset. Okay. Do you want to tell me? I shared the conversation that Hendrick and I had and how confusing it was to me. Then I explained I had an argument with my higher self. And the bandage on your leg? I fell off the rock over where the studio will be. So, can you answer the question? Granddad challenged. I dropped my head back down into my hands, pulling tightly on my hair. Tears stained my face. I don't know. You don't know? Or are you afraid to know? A few minutes passed. I wiped my eyes and admitted, I'm too scared to know. Come on, let it all out. What are you feeling? I haven't allowed myself to love anyone for most of my life. Now, when I finally open up and find a man who loves me for me, I'm questioned if I really love him. Yes, I love how he makes me feel about myself. Is that wrong? There are no rights and wrongs here. The real question is, do you need 
Hendrick, to make you feel this way? Or can you feel the same on your own? Your higher self is pushing you to remember how to love yourself, to not need the love from someone else to make you whole. I don't know. He makes me feel like I've never felt before, I admitted. I have finally learned in my many years of life that love is love, pure and simple. When ego enters, it clouds love and puts conditions or limitations on it. People believe that when they fall in love, it's the other person's love that completes them or makes them happy. True love is when you love yourself completely and you choose to share your love with someone else. You don't need their love to make you happy. If they were to walk away tomorrow, you would miss them, but you would still have love, the love of self. That is what your higher self is asking you. Do you need Hendrick's love to make you feel complete, or do you complete yourself? You can love Hendrick, but when you love yourself first, the love you share with him will be even greater. Granddad reached for my hand and gave it a squeeze. I looked up and gave him a faint smile. Come on, grab your ball cap. This old man needs some chocolate ice cream. Today's episode is brought to you by Healing Words Customized Meditations. Written for you and only you. To learn more, visit www.healingwords.online. Reminder. Beliefs are just that. Something that you've been told and you believe. If you choose to believe something else, you have the freedom to do so. Choose to believe in you. Choose to believe in your own happiness. Doing that will raise your energy and you will attract more of the same.